0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. For everyone to truly live is the spiritual nourishment of God's Word. You know, many people have gone through their time here on the earth craving something to fill up their appetite. Some have the appetite for success or fame. Some have the appetite for greed or maybe money. Some had the appetite for power and control, and maybe even physical and the sensual. And with all their appetite of flesh being fed through their rigorous effort, they come to no satisfaction. The Word of God is very true and accurate, in evaluating mankind. In Proverbs 27, verse 20, it's on the screen. It says, Hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man. Are never never satisfied. The eyes of men are never satisfied. You know, the Bible also speaks about the physical appetite of consumption in Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 7. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. You see, the appetite of the flesh and the eyes are never satisfied. This is why God says, Men shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. There is a void that must be filled in man, and there is another appetite that must be filled in man, and that is the spirit of man. You see, God is of Trinity. I'm sure many of you heard these terms. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Would you say that with me? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And then also, man... When the beginning, when they were created, when men were created, when Adam was created, he had three parts to him. That was the body, and the soul, and the spirit. Would you say that with me? The body, the soul, and the spirit. So, our God has three. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, they are one, though. Okay? We have one God we serve, okay? and three persons. In three representations, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We see that in the Old Testament, as also we see it in the New Testament. And as we think about our our lives, and also humankind, or maybe uh, uh, mankind, we're supposed to have the body, the soul, and the spirit. But because of sin, the spirit died. Spirit of man died because of the sinful nature. That part of man is very important because that part of man bridges the relationship and fellowship with God. You see, God is not of bones and blood and flesh, but he is of the Spirit. The Bible says in John 4, 24, Jesus Christ said it very clearly, God is a Spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Christ was letting the woman know you must be born again by the Spirit so that you may worship God, and not in the flesh, not in blood, not in, I guess, in stones or maybe some sculptures that you might have. No, but in the Spirit. In John chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible says, Which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. You know, the Bible also talks about uh, uh, Nicodemus, and uh, Jesus Christ speaks to Nicodemus in verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You see, Jesus Christ made it very clear that the need of mankind is that they must be born again by the Holy Spirit of God because their spirit is dead. When their spirit is dead, they don't have relationship with God because God is a spirit. The three parts of man, the body, the soul, and the spirit. The spirit died when we sinned against God. And Adam did that. And then we were born after the same nature. So we were born with the spirit dead. We have the body and the soul. And without the spirit being revived, we'll never have relationship with God. And we, if we don't have relationship with God, and if we don't have that fellowship, we go to an alternate place, not heaven, but a place called the lake of fire, And our soul will dwell there forever and ever and ever. So Jesus Christ said, he must be born again. And he makes it very clear concerning salvation and what the need of mankind is. So when our spirit is revived, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. The fellowship and the relationship is restored. Now, here's a question. How does man even consider receiving Christ as their personal Savior? This void that must be filled, this appetite that must be filled, where does it all start? How does one even consider that their spirit is dead and that their uh, their spirit needs to be revived and also they need uh, Jesus Christ as their personal Savior? Where does it all start? I believe it starts with the Word of God. That's why Jesus Christ said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Christ said in John 6, verse 63. Let's read this together if we can. Okay? Jesus Christ said it very clear in this verse here. Let's read it together. Ready? It is the Spirit that quickeneth; the flesh profiteth nothing, the words that I speak unto you, they are a spirit and they are alive. So when the Word of God comes out, out of God's mouth. God says it is the Spirit and they are life. So the heart of men get convicted about their sinful nature, about their sinful state, and about their destination by the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit uses His words. His word convicts people to be saved. You see, it all starts with the Word of God. The Bible also says in Psalm 19, verse 7, look with me on the screen, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You see, God's word changes lives. Before eternal life, before names are written in heaven, before dwelling of the Holy Spirit, before cleansing of sin, before even having faith, You see, God starts with his word. I think about how people are looking for signs all the time, and people are looking for feelings and emotions all the time. And there's a great illustration or parable that Jesus Christ gives in Luke chapter 16, and I don't want to call it parable because I believe it's a true story. And Jesus Christ gives a story about the rich man and this poor man named Lazarus, and they both die, and the rich man lifts up his eye, and after he dies and gave up the ghost, and he's in hell. He sees fire around him. And he is begging for Abraham, who is uh, on the other side, and paradise. And the Old, Testament, uh, 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 the Old Testament saints were in a place called Abram's bosom, which is paradise. And after Jesus Christ died, as he rose again, the Old Testament saints went up to the holy city, which is heaven. And, uh, but during uh, Jesus Christ's earthly ministry, uh, the listeners, or maybe the hearers, would uh, 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 connect with this, uh, uh, Abraham's prison, because that's where people went after they died. So Abraham was in paradise, okay? We could see that. We could call that heaven, you could say. And then also we see this rich man in, the, in hell and uh, in torment and in suffering. And uh, he says to Abraham, could you just give me one drop of water? And Abraham says, it's too far away. We can't do that. And then the rich man says, oh, would you send somebody, okay, speak to my five brothers, they're not saved. They don't know about this place. Would you let them know about this place? And uh, I could even go there. And Abram says, no, no. If anybody arise uh, from the dead and tell them about this place, no, they won't believe they have Moses and the prophets. What's Abram saying there? Well, Moses and prophets were dead during that time. So what was Abram saying? Abram was saying they have the law and the commandments of the old testament scripture they have the word of god that's enough for people to consider the eternal life and also god being their savior you see many people are looking for signs and emotions and some kind of trigger in their lives hey then i'll be saved then uh, i'll believe in god but the bible says the word of god is enough if they reject the word of god they're not look for it if they're not believing in any signs They'll not believe in any emotions. They will in every way reject Jesus Christ. You see, the word of God is powerful to convert the soul. And God's word cannot be undermined, my friend. And God's word is still powerful uh, 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 in this 21st century to speak to the hearts of men and also to uh, change people's lives. I heard about an old Christian lady returned home from a church service to find an intruder in the process of ransacking her house, stealing from her house. She yelled, Stop! Acts 2.38, she read, which read, Repent ye therefore. The burglar stopped dead while the old lady called the police, and, and he had handcuffed the burglar. The officer said, well, How come you stood there? And all the old lady did uh, was a quoted Bible verse. And, and the thief replied, Didn't she say that she had an axe and a 238? And Jeffrey, uh, you're supposed to sink with me, and you killed my joke this morning. And uh, you're supposed to show this at the end. <laughs> but, anyways. And uh, maybe I should have told you. Uh, this lady over here said, you know, Acts, you know, 238. <laughs> uh, and she was quoting a scripture. But then the burglar thought, oh, no, she has an axe and, and two-hand gun. And, uh, but anyways, with this humor aside, you know, God's word is powerful. And not the reference alone, but what's in the reference? What's in the reference? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and shall for there any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of some of soul and spirits and joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You see, the word of God digs deep. It digs deep in the hearts of men and the thoughts of men, And it could convert the soul. It could change people's life. And let us never undermine the power of the scripture. Let us never neglect it. Let us in every way believe it and use it as well. Oh, brothers and sisters in Christ, let's never uh, in every way uh, 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 put aside the word of God in our lives. It can still change your life today. And no matter what temptation and difficulties, it can still transform your hearts and minds so that you may know what is good and perfect will of God. If you have never received Christ as your personal Savior and you're not for sure about going to heaven, Consider the the word of God today. Consider what Jesus Christ said, he must be born again. You don't need more money, my friend. You don't need more fame. You don't need another new house. No, you need Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That is the void in your heart, and that is the void in your life, and the great void that you have could be fulfilled if you receive him as your Savior this morning. Oh, I want to encourage you. Do not leave this room this morning feeling void again, feeling empty again, not knowing where you go after you die. And uh, not knowing what, what, uh, how your sins could be accounted for at the end. Oh, do not leave this room without settling that issue this morning. And if you're a Christian today, I encourage you to always open the power of God, which is the Word of God. As we run this journey, we need the right nutrients to keep going in our lives. And I think about marathon runners abide by the strict diet so that he or she may perform well in the race. In like manner, we need the right diet of nutrients in our Christian journey. And that's why God has given us his word, the spiritual food that we need. The word of God says that in 1 Peter chapter 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere, sincere milk of the word. You see, the scripture is saying to new believers, new Christians, to desire the milk of God's word. When you know a baby is born, the baby cannot take on meat. The baby cannot take on hard food. It needs needs what? It needs milk. And the Word of God has that milk, the basic foundation of Scripture and truth, so that you may know who Christ is, and and also uh, you may know the basic uh, doctrines of the Word of God. That is the milk of God's Word. But also, if you're experienced and growing Christian today, guess what? As you have uh, uh, drank the milk of God in the beginning, I want you to be encouraged that you could take on meat of God's Word. The Bible says in Hebrews 5, But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And as you're going through the Christian life in this 21st century, you might find some gray areas of life where the Bible is not specific. But if you dig the word of God a little bit deeper, I believe that you'll find the right principles to apply it in your life so that you can can know what is good and what is evil. You see, the wisdom is waiting for you, and you must search it as silver and as precious gold. And it is in the Word of God, my friend. I want to encourage you to keep on running in His Word. You need God's Word. It's still powerful. And do not neglect it, my friend. I hope you read it this morning. I hope you read it every day because the Word of God is always a great help and always a great, powerful tool in your life to run in this journey. So how does... In every way, uh, 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 God's Word gives us the right nutrients and strength as we run in this journey. I'd like to give you three important nutrients of strength that the Word of God gives us today. Number one, very simply today, the Word of God keeps us to have faith. The Word of God keeps us to have faith. In Romans 10, verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. See those three stages there. We want to have faith, the Bible says, make sure you're here. What do you hear? You hear the Word of God. Many people are starving themselves of faith and they don't, they don't have the right nutrients to have faith. Why? Because they don't listen or hear God's Word. Oh, faith is an essential substance that we need in running this journey. Faith gives us hope gives us answer to prayer, perseverance, and courage to keep going. But faith is, in every way, uh, created and produced when the word of God is heard. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You know, the great enemy, the devil, wishes not for man to hear God's word so that it leads to faith. In the parable of the sower, Christ illustrates in Luke chapter 8, verse 12, Those by the wayside, are they that hear, they come at the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. I know the scripture is talking about salvation, but I believe it's also applicable applicable for every Christian as well. You know, the uh, devil wants to give us lies, not the truth. He wants to twist the word of God or even take away the word of God in our lives. And that's, the devil, that's what the devil was after. And he did that with Eve in the garden. And he even tried it with the Lord Jesus Christ. He quoted some scripture out of context and trying to tempt the Son of God. And ladies and gentlemen, as we think about those illustrations, let us not in any way think that he won't do that to us. If he did it to the creator of this world, he'll make sure to tempt us in the same way. Oh, he wishes for you and I to believe his lies rather than believing in the word of God. And when you believe the word of God, you have faith. And faith is a victory that overcomes the world. Oh, have faith in God's word. The enemy doesn't want you to have it. Read and hear his word as much as possible so that you may believe, so that you may be strong in faith. Charles Spurgeon wrote it very well concerning this topic, a Baptist preacher in Britain, Uh, back in the 19th century. He wrote, I will recommend that you either believe God up to the hilt or else not to believe it all. Believe this book of God, every letter of it, or else reject it. There is no logical standing between the two. Be satisfied with nothing less than a faith that swims in the deep divine revelation. A faith that paddles about the edge of the water is poor faith at best. It is little better than a dry land faith, and it is not good for much. Let's not be satisfied with casual reading and hearing God's Word. No, that doesn't give us strong faith, my friend. We need to... Uh, have that deep and dedicated approach to God's word, and I hope we believe in every chapter and every sentence and every word of God's uh, uh, every word of God, and also the word uh, uh, the Bible that we hold today. And I hope in every way that we're not questioning it, we're not arguing it, we're trusting the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not, uh, uh, leaning not leaning not on our own understanding. Oh, many people could hear God's word casually. And he could even receive it and say, oh, I heard that before. You know, I I studied that before. But the good question is, you know, how is your faith concerning that? How is your faith concerning the scripture that you have heard before and also you have studied before? And you see, that is a good question. You might be hearing, but are you really listening and are you really applying it to your hearts and your minds? Oh, the reason that we, we, we maybe take it casually. Maybe it's because we treat it like just a writing, maybe a book or maybe even a novel, and we do it not knowingly. And sometimes we could read God's over and over again, and it could be an old hat to us. But these gentlemen, let us never approach it that way. This word of God that we have in our hands is inspired. It is preserved. And by the way, sometimes I read God's Word and I kind of scratch my head and thinking, did I really get something deep out of it? And sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. And uh, I believe in every way that when I read it every single day that I give more chance or give more opportunity of seeing God speak to my heart, than reading it just casually on and off. I don't want to miss a day where God really wants to speak to my heart in a very deep way. I hope you don't want to miss it either, amen? That's why you got to read it every single day. You don't know what God's going to show you the next day or the week after. Do not miss on God's word. I think about the great testimony of Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 for this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when you receive the word of God which ye he heard of us you receive it not as the word of men but as it is in truth the word of God which effectually worketh also in you that believe You see as they believe it worked effectually See if you don't believe my friend if you don't have faith, it's, gonna do, it's not going to do anything for you in your life. You've got to approach it in faith. You've got to believe it. Oh, let the Word of God change your life. Let the Word of God give you faith. And uh, may, may you be helped and be encouraged by it. Secondly, not only the Word of God keeps us in having faith, but the Word of God keeps us from sinning as well. The Word of God keeps us from saying Sinning, you know, our Savior was tempted, yes, yet without sin. You know, but it is good for us to note that he was tempted. As, uh, as sinners today, we experience more of them, but Christ gave us a great example during his temptation. He fought it with the word of God. In Matthew 4, he answered, it is written, in verse 4. In verse 7, he answered, the devil, it is written again. In verse 10, he answered, it is written again. And, uh, you know, the Word of God keeps us from sinning. You see, temptation is not a sin, but it bridges to sin. And the Word of God wants to keep us from crossing that bridge. He wishes to satisfy us and set, up, set us apart to holiness. Oh, Jesus Christ prayed in Luke 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. You see, not only does God want for us to... Not to sin, but he wants to help us uh, uh, in every way not to sin as well. How? By his word. His word could help, help you and I from sinning. Yes, we're going to have temptation all around us every single day. You'll have temptation tomorrow. It could be a temptation of your thoughts, imagination, temptation of the surrounding, temptation of friends. Temptation of media, whatever it might be. Temptation will always be there in your life. Unless you live in the mountaintop and you're just away from everything. Maybe you'll just be tempted in your own flesh, that's it. But I'm just simply saying that as we are in this world, we're always tempted. But temptation always could lead us to sin. And God wants us to help us with temptation. That's why the word of God says, and that there had no temptation taking you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. You see, the scripture says that he wants to help you with temptation. And who is faithful? God is faithful. God is faithful. If you're relying on yourself to fight your temptation alone, you'll fail, my friend. But if you have God by your side, if you have God helping you, you will succeed. You will have a victorious life. And God wants to start it with his word, and he wants to help you. I heard in 1945 when American troops were in Okinawa, they came across a tiny village named Shimabuku. Thirty years previously, a missionary on his way to Japan has stopped long enough to make two converts, just two, two Christians in that village there in Okinawa. He taught them a couple of hymns and gave them a Japanese Japanese translation of the Bible and encouraged them to live by it. The villagers patterned their lives after the missionary left, after Jesus Christ, adapted the Ten Commandments as a legal code and the Sermon on the Mount as a guide to social conduct, The Bible was a main literature in school. The result was that for years, they had no jail, no prostitution, no drunkenness, no divorce, and there was a high level of health and happiness in that place. What happened? The Word of God helped them in temptation. The Word of God sanctified them. Is the word of God kept them from sinning. You might say, I don't believe the Bible in every way uh, 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 in my life, and, and I don't think that uh, 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 in every way the word of God could help me. But ladies and gentlemen, why don't you give it a try in all the temptation in your life? You haven't even given it a try. You even haven't patterned your life after the Word of God, and you say, I don't want it in my life. Oh, try it, my friend, and, and test it out. The Word of God always proves this to be true, and it is powerful to change your life and also to keep your life from sinning. And you might also say, as Christians, I don't have the Bible with me all the time. Well, that's why we need God's Word in our hearts. In Psalm 119, verse 11, let's read this together. Ready? And uh, do you have that scripture? No? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'll just read it for you. It's a great scripture. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's a great scripture. The psalmist said, I have hid your word in my heart. I have memorized it so that I will not sin against you. By the way, is sinning against the Lord a big deal in your life today? It should be. Because sin grieves the, hearts of God, uh, grieves the heart of God. And sin keeps us away from the great fellowship with him. Oh, and gentlemen, let us never in any way treat sin lightly. It was sin that put Jesus on the cross. It was sin that uh, put Jesus Christ uh, uh, to die on that cross and bleed so that our sins could be forgiven. He suffered the great uh, uh, death of the crucifixion for our sins, for us to undermine and take lightly of our sin, I believe we're undermining the cross, my friend. Do not ever take sin lightly today. With that in mind, number three, and I'm finished, the word of God keeps us to seek the Lord as well. In Second Chronicles 14, verse 4, And commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandments. In 2 Chronicles 31, verse 21, in every work that he began in the service of the house of God in the law and the commandments, to seek his God, and he did it with all his heart and prospered. It's quite clear that observing God's word and his commandments is to seek the Lord. And the further away we are from this book, the further away we are from God, and the closer we are, the closer we are to God. And, and the great need in this hour for every Christian is to seek the Lord, for He is inexhaustible and He is infinite, and we can never say that we arrive in knowing the Lord. We can never say that, my friend. We need to seek Him daily in this book, and a great source and the great, great desire lies in this book Concerning what God wants. I love the testimony of Ezra. Ezra, I'm sorry, Ezra. In Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. And to do it and to teach in Israel. To teach in Israel statutes and judgments. As we think about Ezra. Where did this passion come from? It came from his heart. It came from his heart. The Bible says he prepared his heart to seek the Lord his God to observe the statues and the scripture and the commandments of the Lord. You see, where is your heart today? Your heart might be in, I don't know, something in this world of success and maybe sensual things and uh, maybe the temporary things. If that's where your heart is, my friend, that's what you will seek in your life. And ladies and gentlemen, our greatest need, even as Christians today, is to still seek the Lord. We need to seek the Lord daily. We need to hunger and thirst for him. Where is your heart? That is the question today. Yes, the word of God works. The scripture has proven itself generation after generation after generation. But where is your heart? You might know it in your mind. You might have the knowledge, but where's your heart? Love this book and seek him daily today. Don't just know it and respect it, but love it. Love the word of God. Love Jesus Christ. And love him daily.